Welcome to Far North Tokers. This is episode 7, February 3rd, 2016, with your host, Midnight Toker. Now, it's been a long time for me. I was putting on, got six episodes out pretty quick. Um, it's been busy in life for the last uh, two weeks in real life outside of cannabis prep. Um, and I know everyone's busy, aren't we? We're all getting ready to move forward. February 24th, when we apply, I wonder how many of us are out there. It's going to be, I, I just can't wait. I might just um, go down there and just watch. Well, I guess you can't, you can't watch people throw stuff in. It's all have to be electronically. I wonder if there's a way to track how many um, businesses are going in. I wonder if they'll let us know how many um, things have been applied for. Anyway, uh, what, I, what I got today is a, um, a great article to share with you from Marijuana Business Daily. Great website to find all kinds of information. But This one is um, Highlights of Alaska's New Marijuana Rules um, by John Schroyer. Okay, um, as he goes in, he says, The fourth recreational cannabis market in the United States is almost here. The Alaskan Marijuana Control Board formally signed off on rules for the industry last week, including detailed procedures for businesses that want to obtain permits. The next step is to open, open the application window, which begins February 24th, and then start handing out permits in May, May 24th. I wonder, it says they, they can... Um, they can do it before May. I, I doubt it. Um, it says they have to start. That's when I think the last. Yeah, they they have to wait that amount of time. There's nothing stopping them from putting it out now. There's something to do with the way the governor has to sign things into law, and they're not doing that until May. So they're playing games a little bit, but. May 24th, that'll be when someone's going to get something in the mail or email saying that they can open. And that's going to be a fun day for a lot of people. Okay, we have the, the board still might tr- tweak the rules here and there. The vast majority of regulations are done, and there almost certainly won't be any significant changes for applicants to worry about, said an Anchorage attorney, Lance Wells. He's in charge of the Alaska Cannabis Law Group. Lawyers, we're all going to need lawyers. Um, if anyone knows of any representing that's that's good and I hate to say cheap because lawyers are not cheap, but if anyone knows, message me. Anyway, um, Wells is saying the Alaska rules are shaking up pretty well. In fact, uh, most of us aren't concerned with that. We're more concerned about the local regs. Um, numerous municipalities have already banned cannabis businesses or going too soon. Um, I know North Pole City Council just voted for an increased tax, and you have to get a license from them as well. As uh, It's going to be the same prices, so double price on licenses to have a business in North Pole City Limits. I'm guessing uh, many people will just go right outside of North Pole. Not that big place. You can still call yourself North Pole um, outside North Pole City Limits. Small area. Um general highlights pointed out about everything. Let's let's go down through these. Residency. One of the most important rules the board set 
is that owners of marijuana companies must be residents, which means having lived in Alaska for at least one calendar year. And the one calendar year is a little iffy because they're going back to dividends. And dividends, it seems like it's a little longer than one calendar year. So those who want to get involved on the plant-touching side of the industry will have to find local partners. Licenses. Four types of licenses. We've got the retail, cultivation, manufacturing, and testing. Um, you can own any combination of those minus testing. Testing is only... You're only going to have that kind of license. You cannot have testing and retail, testing and cultivation, testing and manufacturing. Only testing. But you can have retail and cultivation, retail and manufacturing, cultivation and manufacturing. And good idea if you're in manufacturing to have your own supply. If you're in retail, good idea to have your own supply. I'm guessing that retail will be dealing with many different cultivators. The best one wins. It's going to be a good time for the consumer. We have one subcategory in those licenses, and that is concerning cultivation. Small growers with less than 500 square feet of canopy. So, um, just 500 square feet of growing cannabis. I don't know. I'm sure that applies to your cloning and everything like that, or it might just be your final ones. Canopy. Never read that exactly. And manufacturing. Companies that want to make only concentrates. Interesting. Haven't heard about that one. I have to read that closer. Companies can also hold licenses of all types, except for the testing labs. And I haven't heard of anyone talking about testing lab except Marcus Mueller's of THC Club. And he doesn't have any of those uh, licenses, so he would be a perfect one. And he's doing cannabis cups. He could test everything. Seems like a good plan to me. License sales. Business licenses can't be simply traded or sold. They'll be tied directly to a physical location for the business. So while it be possible to sell a license, the buyer will have to accept the storefront or grow site. You cannot move location. Got to get a new license. I'm sure it's going to be fairly easy to get that and apply for it, but you got to pay for everything again and apply. Fill out all the paperwork. Caps. Interesting. There's no cap on the number of licenses that can be issued and no limitation on how many licenses a single person or company can own. Wow. Um, that is not going to be true for local, I'm guessing. Local regulations, I went to many of the Fairbanks meetings and they were constantly talking about limiting the number of retail shops not limiting anything else but just the retail shops the way um, I believe Colorado did it I believe they had limited it at first and it seems like comparing our population to their population we're looking at about 10 in Fairbanks if local regs go that way right now nothing's set Fees. All businesses seeking a license will have to pay an application fee of $1,000 and an annual renewal fee of $600. On top of that, 
retailers, cultivators with more than 500 square feet of canopy, as well as edible makers, will have to pay 5000 annually. Growers with 500 square feet or less of canopy, concentrate producers, and testing labs will have to pony up just 1000 annually. So we've got big cultivators, retailers, and edibles makers paying 5000 fee. Location. These are the general zoning rules of the state, but um, locally we had more restrictive in Fairbanks, and that cut one of our properties out. We were looking at moving in, into a property, and it was too close to uh, residential. So cannabis businesses can be located within, within 500 feet of a school. <laughs> it says can be. Um, that's not true. Cannot be located within 500 feet of a school. Whereas general rule of thumb in other states has been 1,000. Uh, individual municipalities might end up opting out for an industry norm. Um, so the advice is to go as far as you can. Uh, Wells is also warning that one of the biggest hurdles for new applicants will be finding a space at all for their business. And that's one thing to avoid in leasing space in a building that's owned by a large bank. Um, you can't have the building can't be owned by the bank because if it's owned by the bank, then it's federally and feds can't be involved in cannabis business. Banks are very nervous about having marijuana in their buildings where they're holding a mortgage. I've heard that directly from bankers I know in town. Talking about Anchorage. I have not talked to any banks yet. That is going to be mission for next week. All right, retailer regs. One of the most significant aspects of the regulatory framework is that the state will allow on-site cannabis consumption at rec shops. And I heard it was at certain rec shops. I do not know if you're going to have to pay an extra fee, how that's going to work. That makes Alaska the first market in the nation to go that route. This will open up a new dynamic for retailers, possibly helping them boost the average sales per customer, which is good. I read the average sales for a customer at a retail shop in Colorado is $85, something like that. So every time someone comes in, their average, they're going to spend $85. Bucks. Um, if you're allowed to smoke it there, you know, things are different. And then when you can sell food on top of it, um, it's, it's going to pad things. All retailers will have to do is follow regulatory protocol and establish a place within their shop for those who want to smoke or vape or munch some edibles, and they'll be able to do so. Uh, Lawyer Wells also said he expects some cities such as Anchorage to legalize cannabis coffee shops similar to those in Amsterdam. That's going to be so good. It is going to be a good... It's all coming. It's all coming, everybody. It's going to be so fun. The state is also pretty easy on hours of operation. The only time when retailers are mandated to be closed is between 5 and 8 a.m. Clean up time. you got to have time to clean up. There are plenty of restrictions, however, including on advertising, signage, product testing, and so forth. For example, retailers are strictly prohibited from using coupons or free samples to promote sales. And I am hoping people are going to be able to advertise on the radio. That's what what I'm going to hope is going to happen. Cultivation regs. Both indoor and outdoor cultivation is allowed, but with outdoor, sites must have at least a six-foot-high wall or fence surrounding the plants, and no marijuana can be visible to the public. Um, when it says at least a six-foot wall, I guess if your plants are higher than six foot, you got to have higher than six-foot fence. 
Any plant over 8 inches in height has to be assigned a tracking number that will correspond to a state monitor inventory tracking system. And we do not know which company that's going to be yet. There, there are many. Um, that's got to be decided soon. So that gets to the idea of 8 inches in height. Where do we get seeds? Where do we get clones? It doesn't matter. The state only cares about the 8 inch clones that are started. Or any plant that gets to 8 inches. Growers also have a litany of other requirements to comply with, including a rule that no cannabis can be labeled organic. Hmm. Product labels also must list any pesticide, herbicide, or fungicide used in the growing process. And when harvesting, no commercial batch can be larger than 5 pounds or contain more than a single strain. Oh, wow. That's... I was talking to a buddy of mine about this the other day. That answers a question for us. So this has to do with how they're tested. When you you can only batch things in amounts of five pounds. That's the largest batch you can be. You then take a section of that. Um, I don't know how big it is. I don't. It, I hope it doesn't have to be an ounce. That seems like an awful lot. Maybe even just a gram needs to be sent to the testing lab while your five-pound your five bag sits away from everything else. That comes back tested. You'll have your THC potency. You'll have your pesticide, your herbicide, fungicide on everything labeled. Then it can go, and then it can leave the cultivator. That's when you have to pay the tax to the retail shop. Um... That's where the five pounds comes in. The single strain, that's going to put a lot of, for, particularly for that, that lower grower, I don't know how much you can get. They're saying generally off plant, good, almost two pounds, 1.8. Um, someone saying more... Um, Less quality, but more bud, three pounds, four pounds off a plant. I will see. Contain no more than one, a single strain. I don't know how that's how that'll be. I guess we're gonna. You're looking at eight to ten strains per cultivator. It's a lot of testing going on. And like I was saying, in previous episodes number two cannabis business in the United States in 2015 was a testing lab. So good luck with that. Product manufacturer regs. Similar to retailers, infused product manufacturers are strictly forbidden from using any cartoon-looking characters on packaging or anything that may appear to appeal to children. Alaska also has the lowest level allowed of potency for rec edibles to date. Single servings can be no stronger than 5 milligrams, which in my mind is crazy. It's 10 in Colorado, and you can have no more than 10 servings in a single package. Same in Colorado. It was, um, it could be 10 milligrams and 10 per package. So you would get a chocolate bar or cookies that would have, you know, up to 100 milligrams. Uh, five milligrams, for me, a cannabis smoker, is nothing it's just nothing 
I I'm disappointed in the five milligram rule. Hopefully that can change later. I'm not even sure why it went that way. Uh, my one experience buying where I knew the milligrams, Colorado bought a bar, hundred milligram bar, went to a concert, ate the bar. I was fine during the concert. I enjoyed the concert, loved it. Didn't feel like I needed to smoke anything. Didn't um, wanted to. But it was raining. Couldn't get my joints lit. Kind of let you know where I was as far as the high level. If I wasn't high, I'd have found a way to get the joint lit. Um, 100 milligrams, no big deal. For me, at the time, with the chocolate bar. 5 milligrams. Oh. Edible makers will also be subject to the same health and safety regulations as restaurants and food producers. Alright, testing lab regs. Interesting. Alaska has some of the most advanced rec testing lab regulations of any state thus far. For example, the state will develop an accredited proficiency program, at which point every licensed lab will be required to take and pass the course in order to stay licensed. Oh man, not heard this. Furthermore, all labs will be required to be proficient in testing for potency, pesticides, contaminants, mold, residual solvents, and toxins. Notably, labs will have to model their testing methodology methodologies after two published texts, one by the American Herbal Pharmacopoeia and another by the United Nations Office on Drugs and Crime. They will also need to have on-hand written procedures for ten separate types of processes, ranging from instrument setup to the calculation of results. The state has even mandated that every lab hire a scientific director with professional experience and at least a bachelor's degree in either chemistry or biology. Wow, who is going to be that for the state? I don't know. I do not know who's going to be that. I wish Marcus at THC Club the best of luck. We will um, keep checking in on these regs as they come out. We have, today's the third, three weeks from today, everyone. Three weeks from today. Hey, thank you for joining us on Far North Tokens. You can find more episodes on SoundCloud at Far North Tokens. Bye!